passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joy Christopoulos and my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline. Look, BetOnline is back. It's better than ever. And a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season has more props and odds and lines than ever before. And that is why BetOnline remains your number one spot for the basketball and football action this season. So what are you waiting for? Get on your mobile device right now. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is only when you use promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. Happy holidays and happy early new year if you're checking out this pod. This is a Bears-Giants preview week 17. The Bears are coming off a very unlikely feel-good victory in a snow-filled game against the Seattle Seahawks. But first, let's bring in my co-host and maybe a man who, I don't know, maybe he's played pickup hoops with Michael Strahan before. That's called a tease in the business for a later (laughs) edition of Corey Stories. He's former Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's very own. Corey Wooten, what is up, Corey? Good to see you. Oh, nothing much, man. Just recovering from the holidays, man. I gave in. I finally ate some meat. Uh, yeah, my stomach didn't wasn't feeling too good. Uh, you know, I'm definitely gonna get back on the straight and narrow. Um, but it was a good holiday. The kids enjoyed it. Uh, had my parents and sister out, so had a lot of fun. Got some new uh, new golf stuff to to play with in this spring or or actually this winter because the weather's been so great. What is this peanut brittle? What is this toffee? I should try it. <laughs> I should just try it. It was kind, of, it was kind of my mantra. I was an open opportunity person over the holidays. And, yeah, you're right, man. We only got two weeks left in the Chicago Bears season right now, a season that is lost and a little bit up the track. And as of right now, we're taping this on a Wednesday at 1230 Pacific time. So, to be honest with you, we don't have an answer for you, a quarterback, right now. Of course, we yeah. want to see Justin Fields if he is healthy. If not, it looks like it's probably going to be Nick Foles, maybe again one more time for the New York mm. Giants. Corey, before we get into your keys for victory, I was trying to come up with a funny way to say this. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a rooting for rooting uh, here, but I want you to, we're going to pick just a couple of guys for Chicago yeah. Bears fans to key in on. Check out. Who yeah. do you want to see? You know, who's one guy that you're looking forward to watch, looking forward to yeah. grow? You know, and yeah. maybe someone that could be, if they perform well over the final two weeks of the season, yeah. can maybe help us next year. Yeah, I think Cole Komet, that's a big uh, target that's really improved over this season. Uh, last year, kind of didn't play that much, really wasn't able to showcase what he can do. And he's already doubled his production from last year. And I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface yet. You look at this year, 53 receptions, 539 yards, no touchdowns. I want to see a little bit more in the red zone. But I think he could finish possibly, you know, with you know, 650, 700 yards receiving, which would be a huge step up. And I think he could be – you know, a 900,000 yards per year 
type of tight end. And he's an incredible blocker as well. So I think that was a great pick. And I think people last year kind of questioned if he was a right fit, you know, a tight end and what he's been able to do this year. And, and you're just seeing him get more comfortable out there. You see some of the, some of the, you know, the catches he used to have and he'd kind of just go down. Now he's breaking tackles. He's, uh, you know, five targets for, for uh, catches, uh, you know, in the Seattle game. Uh, I really like what I see from like the only thing, like I said, is the red zone. I want to see a little bit more from who, who's the guy you like to see. Uh, well, Corey, after I went 0 for 4 on my Cole Komet is going <laughs> to score a touchdown this week <laughs> in my keys this season, uh, I'm going to go with a guy that I think has performed pretty well in an area where we've been at a weakness all season long. Mm. And I just want to see him continue to perform and earn a role next year. It's Thomas Grand Jr. Now, when he was drafted in the sixth round, uh, last year, I was lucky enough to have 670 that scores David Haw on my pod, and he really liked Thomas Graham because, one, he sat out all of last year, and when he was uh, on the field, I think he's a Purdue Boilermaker, he played really well, and he actually has NFL talent, and now we're finally getting to see that on the field for the Bears right now, just getting opportunities. And, Corey, we've talked about this all season long. Jalen Johnson and who on the other side of the yep. football? We've even said last year, second-round pick, you know, for the draft coming up, we're going to look at cornerback. I still think we need to target that area in the second yep. round. But all of a sudden, if Thomas Graham can perform well, we can walk yep. into next year with something called depth at the cornerback position and not feel like we have to spend money on a Desmond Trufant. I mean, forgive me, but, you know, a Prince Mukamura, that type of – who is a good player. But that's just free agent dollars that can be allocated somewhere exactly. else. If you could find something in-house with Thomas Graham, he can maybe be – the nickel corner or maybe a backup, maybe a Kindleville door, one more offseason and can play a little bit better. And now you have a really young mix at cornerback. That's who kind of who I want to see there on the field. Um, Corey, who got any other players that you want to keep an eye on? Yeah. So there, there's, there's two guys. Um, I'm going to start off first with, uh, you know, my wheelhouse defensive end, Robert Quinn, right? He's nice. half a sack away from a hundred career sacks. The call of 17. the year, Corey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I predicted it, you know, in the beginning of the season. Um, so he's at 17 sacks right now. His career high is 19. I think he will surpass that. There's two more games left. I think uh, Puerto Rican Bobby is my, uh, my host, Gabe Ramirez, who's also Puerto Rican. That's his Twitter handle. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to go over 19. I think he'll have 19 and a half or 20 sacks to finish the season. I think he's hungry. I think he's eager to prove that he is the pass rusher that everyone thought he, he was. And hey, age is nothing but a number. So I, I want to see him go for 100 next week. I want to see him go for possibly 20 this season. I think that'd be huge after everyone thought he fell off last year. I knew he'd be back and motivated. So I want to see him. And then also, Justin Fields, depending on if he can play or not. I know if it's not this week, he'll probably play the last game of the season. And I just want to see him improve. I want to see him get comfortable out there. I want to see him just have that mindset, you know, uh, be decisive in his decision-making. I want to see him, you know, the, the progressions. One, two, tuck it and go. I want to see him get comfortable. He's very comfortable with the deep ball. But I want to see him build some camaraderie with Cole Komet, you know, Darnell Mooney, because those are guys that are going to be there next year. Allen Robinson, we don't know about that. Um, but I just want to see him be comfortable to finish the season, whether it's this week, uh, next week. I just want to see him finish that season comfortably. Yeah, Alan Robinson told reporters yesterday that he lost 10 pounds um, being on the COVID list. I guess he was really oh, wow. affected by it. So, again, I don't really know what his availability is going to be like the rest of the season. And 
and it just sucks. I mean, I don't yep. mean to be in, uneloquent about it, but I mean, just for him, a great player, a guy who's heading into the free agent market, and a guy that we don't know whether he's going to come back with the Bears. We'll see what happens. Uh, my final guy is kind of on that wide receiver position, and maybe we can start to transfer over to keys to maybe a Bears victory in yeah. Week 17, a victory that I actually kind of really want because Bears fans, keep in mind, we're handing over that first-round draft pick to the Giants next year. So let's just try and make that as high as possible. <laughs> let's get that in the 8, 9, 10 area instead yeah. of the 5, 6 area that it's at right now. It's Darnell Mooney. Um, it seems kind of obvious, but the dude's on the doorstep of 1,000 yards. I think that's a great achievement for a guy who is, again, a fifth, sixth-round pick, a dude mm -hmm. that works so hard at his route running. And honestly, kind of a ho-hum 1,000 yards. I mean, he had a couple really great – I think he had a back-to-back 100-yard games at one point during the season – but nothing really too splashy, which kind of makes you think this guy's ceiling could be maybe a little bit higher. I'm not going to go out there and say that he's like a de facto number one wide receiver in, a, in an elite offense, but I think he's a, he could be easily a number two. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think he could be a guy that can get you 1,200 yards in a season. And part of my keys is something that I saw a lot last week against the Seahawks. Maybe you can talk about it. Maybe it was the snow. Yeah. I just felt like the Bears did a good job at figuring out ways to get the ball into the hands of offensive players with room to run. Um, yeah. I didn't see that a whole lot. Yards after the catch was really interesting. You talked about Cole Komet in the open field yeah. actually getting the opportunity to impose his will yeah. on, a, a defending, on a defender. I saw a little bit of that with Darnell Mooney, too. I think getting them in a position to have yards after the catch, some yak, yeah. if you will, will yeah. be a big key for the Bears to maybe win in Week 17. What say you? No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And talk about yak. How about David Montgomery? I mean, yes. he was impressive catching the football. And he just shows that he can do it all. He's a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he can run you over. He can juke you. He can outrun you and catch the ball in the backfield. He's a good route runner. And I'm, I'm excited for the future of the Bears team. If, if you think about it, right, a guy like David Montgomery. Then we have Khalil Herbert as well. Cole Komet's really – he hasn't even broken out yet. I think he hasn't even scratched the surface. Darnell Mooney is just starting to scratch the surface, right? He's had some issues with drops, but route running, um, his speed, his, his ability to, to get off defenders. Um, and, quick, been and real quick, stay healthy. A guy who's a lighter exactly. frame coming in the NFL and everyone's like, he's too skinny, he can't play in the NFL. Well, he's exactly people wrong this year. Yeah, because you, you remember a guy like Anthony Miller that was very highly touted coming out, right, and, and had trouble staying injury-free. So it, it's impressive to see. But I, I think this future – for the young people on offense, I'm, I'm really excited for it. You know, you look at those key positions, like I said, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, uh, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney. You know, look at a guy like Bird. I mean, he's looks really impressive out there. That catch at the end of the game, uh, the two-point conversion, that was that was o Odell Beckham-esque. Holding it up there with, yeah. with the one hand. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I'm I'm really excited. I'm 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 really not too worried about the way we finish the season. I know it would be nice to finish a certain way, but I think the talent is there next year. I think it's just all about the coaching staff having that right offensive mind, you know, to cater this offense for Justin Fields. You know, I, I just think that's going to be the key for the future of this Bears franchise, especially offensively. You know, I think we, we are, we are pretty set on defense, you know, as far as pass rushers with Robert Quinn still under contract, Khalil Mack, you know, if we can get something with a key mix to be back at the right number, you know, like I said, you know, that kind of two-year deal that's more front he front heavy on that on that first year. And can I you throw know? out an Eddie Goldman bounce back year? I mean, yes, yeah. I think I I'm, I maybe am not nuanced enough to understand it, but I don't think he's been able to really make the amount of money that he's probably no. been paid this year. I think there's criticism going that way, and I think it's fair to have that. I think it's fair to yeah. after sitting out a whole year. 
I think next year Eddie Goldman needs to come back and be a dominant force in the interior. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping. He kind of has that Robert Quinn effect. You know, when when you didn't, uh, you know, produce like you wanted to, you come back hungry. You know, all off season he's working towards that. He's ready to go, and he could have a breakout year because we could have him and Akeem Hicks holding down the middle with Robert Quinn coming off one of his best seasons yet, and then a healthy Khalil Mack. I mean, with Roquan Smith oh. in the middle, um, you know, like I said, that front four, that that's where you really wreak havoc out there. And I think if they could have that and we could just be a little more gap disciplined, I think that's the key. I think I, I feel really good about next year and especially if we can get a number one receiver, because I don't think Allen Robinson is going to be here. I think Darnell Mooney could potentially take over a number one. But like you said, I, I think he's a number two. And I think if we can get a true number one receiver um, out there, I think that'd be great. Can I ask you a quick question before we go to Corey's keys is we're talking about Darnell Mooney and number one wide receiver and everyone loves to obsess mm -hmm. over you need that dominant number one guy. Mm -hmm. I'm almost starting to feel like with a young quarterback like Justin Fields, wouldn't it be better or equal or, or where, where you stand on? What if we got if we got a guy like Darnell Mooney and mm -hmm. let's just say, for example, we sign a guy like Michael Gallup from the Cowboys. Okay. And yep. let's just say maybe we draft somebody, we bring back Jakeem Grant, and we have a fourth yep. there. Is it possible to have a complimentary wide receiver room that maybe doesn't have a true number one? Yeah. Or are you more the yeah. guy that says, Devontae Adams, we need to go get that guy? Because I don't want Justin Fields to yeah. feel like he needs to keep a, a wide receiver one happy all the time. I felt like that worked to Mitch Trubisky's detriment sometimes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I, I think I almost sometimes I would rather – um, you know, two two guys that are really number twos complement each other. Two guys right. that could possibly go for a thousand each, and they take the pressure off each other. Really good route runners. They can get open. They catch the ball when they need to. I think that's all all it's about. I think a lot of times when you see a number one receiver, he's really good at get getting off the presses. He's really good at getting open. Then the number two kind of just feeds off him because he's a little bit better out of the slot. But then if you have two guys that could potentially be number ones on a lesser team, you know, come to this situation and. And are, and are both kind of sharing that number one and number two role, I think that almost works better. And then you look at a guy like Cole Komet, that I think next year is really going to have his breaking out party because Justin Fields was getting really comfortable with him. And then if we can get him in the red zone as well, I think that'd be quite a treat. And then you talk about Jakeem Grant as well. I mean, showcasing what he can do as a playmaker, not only special teams, but he showcased that I can do that offensively too. So I think that could be something interesting because we don't have the draft picks. We don't possibly have the capital to go out and get a huge number one, but a guy like Michael Gallup, that could be a huge pickup. And I think in this type of system, you know, if we have the right offensive mind, you know, getting everything together, I think we could really flourish in something like that. Let's get to it. Let's get to Corey's keys. Week 17 bears giants. Uh, on the lakefront, probably going to be a very cold game. We're not sure who's at quarterback right now. But yeah. The Bears are to get a victory against the Giants, who are also a team that's completely up the track right now. What do you think is going to be one of those keys to get it done? Stop the run. I mean, it <laughs> seems like every week we have trouble. You know, we we let up almost seven yards a pop, you know, against Seattle. I mean, it was, you know, Perry was out, Penny was out there. I mean, absolutely gashing us out there. Right the middle. Yeah, it comes comes down comes down to gap discipline. I mean, he was 17 for 135. He averaged almost eight yards a carry. I mean, it just it just seems like it's just the trend that we cannot stop. No matter how much focus we put on it, it just seems like teams that's that's their aiming point at our team all game. You know, hey, they cannot stop the run. They cannot. We came out with the W, but you know, anytime you let up seven yards of pop, 
you're usually not going to win many games. And I think the Giants, their kind of quarterback situation is up in the air. Danny Dimes going to be there. Is he not? They're going to try to run the football. So I think we need to stop the run. It's something we've been struggling. Um, I don't know if we need to do a five, five man front. Uh, I, we need to do something because it's just whatever we're doing is not working. And you just see it week in and week out that everybody has a gap and guys are not in their gaps. And I think that's, that's the key. That's the most disappointing part for me because Chicago Bears defense is stop the run, be able to get after them with your pass rush. The pass rush has been there, but stopping the run has not been there. So I look at it like if we would have been able to stop the run all year, Robert Quinn might be breaking Michael Strahan's record, in my opinion. You know, look what he look how well he's doing. And then if Khalil Mack is healthy as well, I mean, it would it would it would be a thing to see. And I think our record would be a lot better because in certain situations we've been in the ball game. But when it came down to, to getting a stop, you know, getting off the field, we haven't been able to do that. So I'm just I'm just hoping that we can we can stop the run and then be able to get after whoever, whoever is that quarterback. And to hit it home again, you know, it's it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg where, you know, Bears fan, you're watching a game and you're criticizing Eddie Jackson's tackling in the open field. Well, guess what? Maybe if you had stopped it before it even gets to Eddie Jackson, we wouldn't be talking about Eddie Jackson's tackling all season long. Because, man, yeah, he's been in a situation where he's had a locomotive coming like right down the field. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough for anybody. Yeah, his tactics and techniques are worthy of criticism. But still, it's like it shouldn't even really like get to that. At that point. Yeah. And again, you know, X Factor, who didn't play last week because he ended up on the COVID list after returning and having a great resurgent game with two sacks, Akeem Hicks. Uh, yeah. We'll say that again. Yeah. So, Corey, uh, give us a second key uh, to maybe a Bears victory in week 17. Real, real quick before I get to that second key, yeah, you talked about Akeem Hicks, right? Remember how we were talking about decision time with him and what to do? I think when he's in there compared to when he's out there, I think that proves that he's worth what I was talking about, a two-year deal that's front-heavy on that first-year deal. And then if he plays to what we know we're capable of, he stays healthy, you keep him for that second year as well Um, because he's an absolute force in there. Even after missing time, uh, you see most people kind of, you know, have to knock off Russ, but it seems like no matter how, how much time he has off, he comes back and he's a force out there. And everyone feeds off him. And I think he's a big reason, you know, when you know we're able to stop the run able to get that pressure inside while we're successful defensively so I think he deserves to be back next year on that deal that I was talking about so and to get in the second key uh limiting turnovers you know you look at this game last week right wasn't pretty um you know it was kind of grinding out games we had zero turnovers in the game you know and it gave us a chance towards the end of the game and I think the times that we've really struggled in games is when we turn the ball over too much. You cannot win games when the turnover ratio is not in your favor. So protect the football, whether it's Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, let's protect the football. And I think we'll, we'll have a you know more favorable chance to win this game. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. And obviously when you're, you know, committing turnovers, the margin for error is so thin. But then with the Chicago Bears team that even last week continues to struggle in the red yeah. zone as mightily yeah. as it does. Now, now it's like the shaving onions like uh, in the Italian yeah. Goodfellas movies. That's how <laughs> thin it gets even more. Exactly. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, before we get to our next segment, I, I do want to throw it out there to you. I want to get your opinion on it because it'll be something that will be talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. You're just talking about the defensive line. Are you a trade Khalil Mack in the offseason guy? And if you do, or if the Bears do entertain that, 
what is your palette of what they need to get back from him if that is possible? Because that thing is out there. Um, I'm personally yeah. kind of against that because I think you're going to get yeah. a very motivated Mac next year. Yeah, exactly. Where do you land on that right now? You know, I I really don't like those talks, to, to be honest, because I like you said, I think he's going to be very motivated. I think it's going to be a type of Robert Quinn resurgence we see. And not that Khalil Mack, you know, missed, skipped the beat this season. You know, when he was out there, he's productive. He started a little slow, but as the season got on, he got better. But I think, you know, now that Robert Quinn is where, where we thought he would be um, and Khalil Mack coming back healthy, I think that's going to be quite a force. And especially if we can get Akeem Hicks back at the right number, I think it's, it's going to be a great year for pass rush next season. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, it, sometimes numbers work and, and if they could get first round picks or first round pick, then maybe it would entertain and, and some money or some, something along those lines. But I think it has to make sense. Um, Khalil Mack, I still think he's in his prime. So I think it, I would advise against it, um, you know, but I, I could understand just because the bears were kind of strapped as far as draft picks and capital. So I think, you know, it could potentially um, unload some of that. But I'll be against that, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Well, first round pick, you have to do it. You know, I I have a Khalil Mack jersey in my closet. If someone mm -hmm. offers a first round pick, you have to do that, right? Because it's mm -hmm. where we are as a franchise yeah. moving forward. Justin Fields, that kind of capital, that kind of possible yeah. blue chip player you can get back on a rookie deal is something that you can't pass up. But I'll be honest with you, if it's a second or third round, I'm going to probably be hesitant. Um, mm -hmm. Because as you know, I am a Bears optimist. I'm slowly like it's not it's not that there's a fire, but there's a little bit of smoke under and we keep talking about it. And I'm starting to piece all these different things together of the Bears are slowly if they do things a couple a couple of things correctly are kind of working themselves into a really interesting bounce back candidate for next season. Yep. Let's just kind of look at what we have right now. You just mentioned mm -hmm. Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, a motivated Mack who wants to get another contract and Robert Quinn coming off of whatever, maybe a 20 sack season together. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Yep. You just talked about all the young offensive pieces that go around Justin Fields with Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, you know, Jakeem Grant's going to come back. They got to make Herbert, some moves. On yeah. the, Khalil Herbert got to make some moves on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also kind of looking at a new coach, which I don't know, as a fan, I always feel like is good usually for a couple extra wins in that first yep. year, just based on the whole freshness of the whole vibe. And also, honestly, where we're going to finish this year, our schedule is going to be easier. It just is like our schedule. When we're going to look back at this year, I know that we did a lot of things wrong. We were talent bereft. We didn't have a lot of depth. We made a lot of mistakes, but you are going to look at the schedule and say, man, we played a lot of playoff teams this year yep. in a season when we weren't ready to be a playoff team. And I think next year, I think we're going to get more people on our of our ilk, maybe trying to rebuild yeah. and figure things out a little bit. And that's a couple more wins right there. So yeah. I'd lean towards keeping Mac in hopes of mm -hmm. having a bounce back season with a new regime and maybe a first year coach. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I think at this point in the game, especially him coming off an injury, um, being up there in years, he's still not considered old yet, but he's getting up there, I think. Uh, a lot of teams would probably be hesitant to uh, give a first round pick for or somebody coming off yeah, injury. They're going to lowball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because, Hey, we, we haven't seen what he looks like. We don't know if this, because sometimes those ankle injuries are tricky and I think he'll be okay at the end of the day, but sometimes, you know, some of these routine surgeries and, and things of that nature, 
really work out, you know, not, not in their favor. Sometimes I'm not saying this is the case at all, but you never know. Once you have surgical intervention, stuff is never the same. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. So I'm, I'm just hoping he recovers the way that we think because it's standard surgery. Everything went well. Rehab's progressing the way we want to, but sometimes you just never know. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Lightbox. I got news for everybody. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Listing cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a very light price. Only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in plush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle so visit lightboxjewelry.com right now to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment now back to the pod we're heading towards the new year 2022 can't believe that it's here if i could ask you this question the chicago bears as an organization Mm -hmm. what should their new year's resolution be their New Year's resolution is to get an offensive-minded coach for the whoever's the head coach, and I think that will reap benefits that we will see out in the field because that is the key to having a great offense, and that's something that Chicago has been missing for a while. I think the last great offense that we've seen from Chicago was Jay Cutler, I believe, in 2014 or 15. I think one of those years where he had a great year. Um, and, and I think that really wasn't even great when, in terms of the whole league, you know, it was good for Chicago, but I think the offensive minded head coach, that's a coordinator that calls the plays that scripts for success for a guy like Justin Fields. And I always look at, I always say Bill Belichick, you know, a guy like, uh, John Harbaugh, how he, how he catered that offense to Lamar Jackson. And then he has a backup that's very similar to Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, right? And a backup backup, Josh Johnson. And a backup backup, Josh Johnson, right? A guy that's a journeyman, that's barely played. His stats, you know, aren't the best. I just think that's the mark of a good coach. And I want Chicago to have that same type of coaching staff where you're like, hey, this is what I have, Justin Fields, and I'm going to script for success for him. I'm going to do what's comfortable with him. I'm going to talk with him. What do you like, right? That's what we're going to run, right? We're going to lean on this running game. But we're going to get him on the move, right? We're going to get some of those hard play actions. We're going to get some of those rollouts, sprint outs, boots. And we have David Montgomery as well. So let's set that up. I think that coaching, whatever coaching staff is in there, I think that's what it needs to be. And that needs to be the New Year's resolution, right? To have that offensive mind, the offensive guru that's going to script for success for Justin Fields. And if you we get that head coach, Justin Fields will be a perennial pro bowler every year. And he'll be one of the all-time greats. Because I think he has something that not a lot of people do in this league because he can run like a guy like Lamar Jackson and he can throw it at times like a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson right now, but I'm saying he has both of those skills and talents, right? He has to hone them in, he has to continue working on them. But I think if we can get that offensive mind, I think he's really going to flourish. You're highlighting something that is just so crucial for the next, not just next year, Bears fans five six seven years down the road because we saw what happens is we unfortunately the Matt Nagy Trubisky pairing didn't work and what happened we kind of had one good year but then sputtered and kind of you know our tires kind of spinned in the mud for a couple years and now we're starting all over again and opening up a whole you know this is years we're talking about here and that is so crucial 
and I, I'm with you on it. I think the Bears' New Year's resolution should be, you know, just kind of the vibe of, you know, you can run on the treadmill all you want, but you can't eat Oreos the second you get off the treadmill, right? And here's what kind of happened. Go back to say to yourself, when you fired Lovey Smith after going 10-6, mm-hmm. and six, are you closer to a Super Bowl today? Or are you farther away from a Super Bowl today than when you were when you fired him, what, seven or eight years ago? Yeah. I would say that you're farther away. And if you're farther away, you have to say to yourself, we need to make some changes. And look, I'm not going to be the one to maybe specifically say what those changes are because whatever it is, it just needs to be different than what you've been doing in the past, right? You need to step outside of your comfort zone and assess what you have been doing and try and figure out ways to do it differently because the way that you're doing it right now isn't going to get you any closer to a Super Bowl than it was the year before, the year before, or the year before that because Lovey Smith was the closest one that ever got you there. And I just think that hopefully, and I think that starts with the head, that head coach, right? And getting it right and picking the right person and maybe not picking the guy who just nails the interview with his smile and charm. And I don't know, and and trusting the ideas, the broad ideas. I think you're talking about someone that tangibly can show you not only on the field, as well as on the whiteboard, how exactly he's going to build successful offenses in the NFL. And I'm right there with you. And I hope, Hope that we do that. And that's what probably we're going to be, you know, everyone's going to be talking about for the next couple of months afterwards yeah. uh, moving forward. Corey, uh, it's time. Time for Corey's stories. Okay. Back by popular demand. Here we go. A uh, little people don't know Corey is New Jersey born and bred. So we may yeah. be playing a certain team that, you know, was a part of his childhood growing up. Uh, I'm going to open up the floor to you, my friend. Just talk about yeah. any Corey story that you want that's revolving yeah. your, your okay. homegrown New York Giants. All right. So uh, I grew up in, in Rutherford, New Jersey, which is right down the street from East Rutherford, next town over. That's home of Giants Stadium where the Giants and Jets played. Um, I actually grew up a Cowboys fan, believe it or not, because my dad was and my grandfather was a, was a Cowboys fan. So you kind of follow in their footsteps. So I used to I used to wear the Cowboys uh, starter jacket. And all my friends had the Giants. And we go back and forth because as a kid, you know, the Cowboys won back-to-back Super Bowls. And, you know, Man. in the 90s, they were Dion they were Emmett, Kings. Irvin. Yeah, Dion Emmett, Emmett, yeah, Michael Irving, uh, Trey Aikman, you know, the whole bit. Um, but, you know, there was a couple of Giants players that actually lived in my town, um, Michael Strahan being one of them. And uh, one of his defensive ends on the other side, Chad Braski, lived right next to my best friend. Um, so one time my best friend was having a barbecue, right? They invited Chad Brasky because they were next door neighbors and he invited Michael Strahan. So then we all got to meet everybody. And then uh, Michael Strahan became a family friend of kind of all ours. And so, you know, he would come around sometimes in my house, play basketball, um, you know, and, and one time we were playing and he dunked on me when I was like, probably like what? nine or 10 years old. Yeah. He dunked on me. I was like, you know, play defense and he came out and said, boom, slammed it on me. Right. And, uh, he, he still talked about that. Um, when I went on his show and he had a Kel- the Kelly and Michael show. So uh-huh. after the 2013 season, um, I was back home visiting New Jersey and I asked him if I could get tickets to the show. And he's like, sure. And during, during one of the segments, he kind of called me. I said, I just want to give a shout out to my man, Corey Wooten, who I've known since he's a little kid. You know, uh, <laughs> he makes me look small now. And, uh, no you know, I used to dunk on him when I was younger or whatever. And uh, it was pretty cool to see it on TV. <laughs> Everyone was texting me and all that. But he, he's, a, he's a great dude. And I've, I've got to know him all the over the years. And, uh, you know, I talk to him every, every once in a blue moon just to check in on him, see how he's doing. I know he's a busy guy. Um, 
but yeah, he's, he's always been the down to earth guy and, you know, as famous as he, he has been, you know, through his NFL career, you know, even in his broadcasting career now, you know, still when I text him, he texts me back and he's helped me out on charity events, signing balls and all that. So re That's really awesome. good dude. And it's kind of cool that, you know, growing up, you know, watching him and, you know, idolizing him as a player and, uh, you know, then me myself getting drafted and, and being a defensive end as well was pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, straight hand dunked on me. And then he had that smile with the big gap in, in front of it. But I'll tell you what, he ain't dunking on me now. I'll tell you that. All right. <laughs> and he ain't beating me in golf. Mark my words on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. I'm just like imagining because obviously growing up, uh, I played all kinds of sports. I grew up on a, on a block which had a lot of kids that played sports. We'd go out down, mm -hmm. we'd play pickup and stuff. And I'm just picturing your block growing up, and there's just six six dudes walking around everywhere. I'd be terrified <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> yeah, fuzzy self. That's crazy. I know, especially especially like back then when you're a kid. Like, um, you know, you're like, man, these guys are massive. And now that, that I'm that size, you know, or, you know, even when I was playing and you're like, now I realize what kids, when they look at you, like, oh my God, you're massive. You're huge. Just because, you know, being that small and then, you know, see a guy that's six, six, you know, 290, that's, that's like Chad Brasky was. And then Trans like six, four, 280, 290, you know, just massive dude. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that kind of transformation because as a kid, you know, you, you, your dream is to make it there, but you, you know, everyone tells you, Oh, you know, when you're in school, you know, your teacher asks you, what's, what's your dream occupation? What do you want to be when you grow up? I said, Oh, an NFL player. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, what's, what's your plan B? Cause that's, that's probably not going to work out, you know? And, and you don't think that it's actually going to happen. And, and it actually does happen. You know, you go to go to high school and then you get a scholarship and then you go to college and you're like, okay, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play. I'm going to get my degree and have a good job. And then you start to get better. And then you're like, Oh, I'm, you know, it's a junior. I'm, I'm projected as a top 15 pick. You're like, Whoa, okay. And then you see it. And then, and then it's right there. And then, you know, me getting injured and then having to come back for another year, almost being taken away from me. It was just such an incredible process, you know, from the time I was a kid all the way up to, to making the NFL it was truly a dream come true. And I think, you know, people just think, oh, you were, you were, you were born big, you're born talented, you're born this. Like as a, as a freshman in high school, I was about five, nine, five, 10, 160. So I wasn't always this size. I was a bigger kid always, but it took a lot of work, uh, a lot of hard work over the years, a lot of determination, you know, overcame things. And I think people don't understand truly how much goes into it, especially when you're an NFL player, you know, the things you have to do to, to get yourself ready every week to be in the right mindset, get your body ready. Um, I really loved every every day, every experience I had. It was such a blessing. And uh, yeah, it's something I'll, I'll never forget. And it's something, you know, when people ask me, oh, what was it like? You know, I'm, I'm always eager to tell them about my experience because it was great. You know, I lived out my childhood dream. I walked away when I wanted to. So I have, I have no regrets at all, you know, not even one letter like meet the Millers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scotty P, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, well, dude, that's such a great perspective um, because, you know, I, you know, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, through my own experiences, you know, I obviously it's not like playing in the NFL, but like you, when you do uh, comedy or when you're performing and stuff like that, especially like in Chicago and you start doing the whole thing of like, I never had like aspirations of like, I wanted to do X this or whatever, but I always wanted to be in front of as many people as possible to entertain them and make them laugh. And it's almost kind of the same thing of like, you know, like you'll never be on a TV show or, you know, you'll never do this or whatever. And uh, just the fact that I always do have 
and acting maybe is a different thing or maybe it's similar where there's always this pursuit of like you're always going to do that thing because your competitive spirit is always going to make you mm -hmm. be like oh i wish i had done more or i wish i had done that or whatever but the concept of achieving the goal and then having that and for you it's in the nfl or, or for me mm -hmm. it was you know i have a go on youtube you can see me on showtime or nickelodeon or whatever you can't take it you can never take that away yeah. from you you know what i mean that's exactly. always going to be with you or like next year name and that's part of the hard work and sacrifice that you did and i think it's really cool man because i have talked to other nfl players uh in the past and i don't want to say that there's like a bitterness about it but they do feel like it's a bit unfulfilled what they went yeah. through and i try and be like well dude you were in the nfl it's yeah, it's pretty rad, man. You had the yeah. the name on the back of your jersey and the and the decal on your helmet. Like it's pretty rad. So it's cool of you to yeah. have that perspective. And I think it's helpful for other people to, whatever goal yeah. they're trying to achieve in life, is to feel the same way. Exactly. I, and I, I think you know a lot of people uh, feel a certain way when they're done playing because a lot of times people don't go out when they want to. It's like yeah. the league kicks you out before you're ready, right? Like I had I had opportunities to continue playing, and I got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I am very satisfied with with how my career went and playing the amount of years I did. My goal was six to eight years after we had my daughter, put things in perspective. And I was like, you know, I want to be around for a long time. I want a good quality of life. I want my brain to still be intact. You know, that was one of my biggest fears. I never had any concussion problems, but, you know, I went out on my own accord. You know, I've always thought of myself as more than a football player. And I know for a lot of people, sadly, you know, football is their everything, you know, and you take that away. And then life itself is, is meaningless for some people, you know, and, uh, you know, some people do it with coaching that, that still gives them that feeling and that fix. But other people, it's, it's a tough transition, you know, so I kind of understand sometimes where, you know, you have this thing that's somebody's everything and then it gets taken away from, you know, most people at 24, 25 years old because the average career is like three years. Yeah. And then you're like, OK, what else do I have to do? I'm a football player. That's what I know. So that's why you see some issues sometimes with that transition. Well, and also I, I also feel like in these moments I try and simplify things. Um, and, and in those particular cases, you know, when you say that there are people out there that say, you know, I'm just a football player. I try and do this little exercise where I try and simplify and say, like, mm -hmm. I'm a son. I'm a friend. In mm -hmm. your case, you're a father. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you're, yep. you know, you're a human being. You know, there's a lot of things. When you start to kind of simplify it like that, I know it sounds silly, but when you do that, you do begin to realize that you are important to other people and interconnected exactly. to other things in life. And it does yep. kind of maybe open yourself up to other possibilities where you aren't, you know, just a football player, even though you dedicated your whole life. I understand what regiment, when you pull regiment away and you yeah. have all this free time, you're like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I can't imagine that's easy. You know what I mean? But. Yep. Uh, that good on you for just realizing that there's so many other things that you can be, you know, you can take into life and just help people and, you know, and you get to share your experiences still. How great is that? Exactly. So Pretty I rad. love that. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I love this edition of uh, Corey's stories. Um, final score prediction. And then we're going to get out of here. Uh, what do you okay. got? Week 17. Uh, you know, we both picked them to lose. We're still tied, Corey. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, we're, we're tied. So, um, I'm going to I'm going to say this. This is a, a big performance from the Bears, um, whoever the quarterback is, because I think the Giants are truly struggling. I think the Bears are going to put up 34. I think the Giants 17. So I'm thinking that kind of I'm hoping it could be Justin Fields because I know he did practice today. 
Um, yeah. I know he's kind of limited a little bit, but I'm hoping maybe he can get some experience out there. Um, I know nothing's really on this game, so maybe he can just go out there, be comfortable. You know, they kind of cater that game plan towards him, get David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert going. I'd uh, love to see a Cole Komet touchdown, but I think, you know, a guy like Darnell Mooney's going to go big. I think Cole Komet's going to be big, but I don't think in the red zone because they kind of haven't figured that out. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping Dar him and Darnell Mooney go big in this game. And I think whatever quarterback's in there, I think 34-17 Bears. Yeah, man. Uh, damn it. I'm right there with you. I, 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 This is a really good opportunity, not just for Justin Fields, but for the Bears to have a feel-good game at Soldier Field. In my opinion, just based on how they performed last week, I think there's, there's a lot of guys on that 53-man roster that are that have a lot to play for, that are still, you know, still getting up and still making it happen. And I thought that week at least showed a little bit of character that there are some players in this team that still want to finish the season strong. I don't particularly feel that way about where the Giants are right now, especially yep. at their quarterback position. And I think this is a really good opportunity, very similar to that uh, that Bears-Cowboys game at Soldier Field on Thursday night. What was it maybe – was it last year um, where they just blew them out from the beginning? Yep. The Cowboys kind of didn't look like they really wanted to be there. And yep. the Bears had one of those just kind of magical offensive nights. I'm not saying it's going to be a magical offensive afternoon, but I'm right there with you. I do think they win by like 10 or more points. Yeah. And it's kind of a feel good. And I really do hope I'm with you. I hope Justin Fields is a part of that because I think he, it's a good matchup for him. And I think it's kind of lined up pretty nice. You know, the, the Giants have had a hard time stopping the run all season long. They're not necessarily great against the pass either. Yep. Uh, I think there's some good moments here for yeah. to have some feel good building building tape you know some good tape exactly. heading into the offseason could come from this giants game for sure yeah one one key word i, I look for this week at justin fields is playing is just confidence that's that's yeah. all i want to see is just him to get his confidence up be comfortable in the pocket right be able to look down the field feel the rush be able to just step up it. be able to make moves um you know if the pressure's coming inside from that right side hit the corner and then have the option to pass it or run for a first down so that's what i want to see him be decisive i want to see him get his confidence up uh, Corey, before we get out of here, uh, I do want to kind of just bring it down for just a second here. I want to talk about something and I want to implore people to maybe check it out if they feel so inclined after listening to this pod. Um, as probably a lot of people that follow the Chicago Bears know, uh, they lost someone. Um, Chicago Bears lost someone from their family, from the ESPN community family, too, as well. Uh, the beat reporter for the ESPN for the Chicago Bears, Jeff Dickerson, passed away at 44 years old. And uh, I know that you got a chance to interact with him, so I want yeah. you to be able to say whatever you'd like in just a moment. But yeah. just from my personal perspective, uh, for someone that obviously pours over stats and reads articles, and I'll sometimes go on the Chicago sports app and listen to the radio station, and I will tell you that every single time Jeff Dickerson's name came up as an interview that was coming on there, I always listened to everything that he said. Um, he always gave it to you straight. He was that guy that maybe if you listened to him in the preseason, he would kind of tell you which way the team is turning. Like I remember in 2019, he was just kind of like, Training camp's been really rough. Mitch has been really rough. And all that enthusiasm kind of got deflated. And because we were thinking Super Bowl or bust, and Dickerson was like, yep. well, hold on a second there. Oh. And I just really appreciate reading his articles. He truly was one of my favorites. They do have, if you feel so inclined after listening to this pod, there's a GoFundMe right now. If you go to Parker's Fund, P A R K E R S Fund, um, if you want to donate $5, $10, whatever you want to do, obviously, um, that is Jeff Dickerson's son. Uh, Jeff Dickerson lost his wife two years ago, also to cancer. Um, so Parker has lost both of his parents in the last two years. Really sad, really unbelievable. Um, and 
the least we could do is just bring it up on this pod for people listening if they choose to donate. And Corey, I know that you were able to interact with him during your playing career. And it's just really sad, just really tragic and unbelievably sad to seem like a really good person. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really unfortunate. You know, when I first heard the news, I was I was heartbroken, you know, because Jeff is somebody that, that I worked with over the years when I played for the Bears, always giving interviews, always had a smile on his face, was such a great person, had conversation with him, you know, outside of football arena, um, always such a positive person as well. Um, like you said, he, he lost his wife two years ago, and now, unfortunately, he lost the battle with cancer. And I just feel for his son and his family um, was, was such a such a great person. And I think, you know, when you when you look at all the all the people he's he's touched, you know, from the players uh, to coaches, I think everybody, you know, when they heard about his passing, you know, went on Twitter, Instagram, you know, reposted something, put a mm-hmm. you know message, a post just because of how great a person he was. And, you know, sometimes in, in, in the writing industry, you know, some people are shady, this, that, and the other, but Jeff Dickerson was one of the really great ones, um, really great person. And my, my heart goes out to his family. And I, I really, um, you know, you know, if you guys can, you know, donate to the GoFundMe, anything could help, um, you know, for son, um, you know, just really makes you put things in perspective, you know, me being a father and, uh, you know, we talked about this right before the, the pod. It, um, it really puts things in perspective, like, you know, health, you know, is is everything in this world. And, you know, it, every chance you get to to interact with family, friends, um, don't take anything for granted, you know, because t- tomorrow's not promised. And, uh, you know, you just got to live your life to the fullest and enjoy every moment. Um, you know, I think sometimes it takes hearing about someone's passing that we kind of take everything in and we're kind of like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to live life to the fullest. And I think that's how everyone should approach every day, um, no matter what goes wrong or right, you know, because every day you have is, is a blessing in itself. Yeah. 2022 is right around the corner. And I've, I've been messaging with some people um, because I'm a person that in the last two years has been, has a passion for this and I love it. And I would really love to do this for a living uh, talking about sports. And, and, and I've been talking to a lot of people younger in the industry and they've talked a lot about, how they knew Jeff Dickerson in a way of from a mentorship uh, capacity and how generous he was with his time and his advice. And in a particular cases, I've, I've talked to some people and they've actually Jeff Dickerson helped, you know, either connect them to someone or use as a reference or something. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, it's just like, man, when I'm on this journey, that's like so inspiring because if I could only be so lucky to one day be someone that can help other people, younger generation like that, I want to do that. And he had the spirit and heart and generosity to do that. And it just makes me feel really cool when I hear people talk about that. And yeah. And and from everyone, I heard something from Robbie Gould this morning about how, you know, NFL players, as you should, when you get in the NFL are kind of, I don't know about uh, skeptical. Maybe you are skeptical of reporters, but you're a little wary, right? Like you don't know who's going to do you wrong and maybe who seems nice to your face and then maybe write something bad about you. And he just kind of said that uh, everything Jeff Dickerson did when he presented himself to you and what he ended up writing was verbatim. And he always wanted to do right and fair by you. And honestly, that's what the fans deserve. Like, we just deserve the verbatim, you know what I mean, of what you guys feel and how you go about your business. And anything that is an angle or anything twisted to maybe bump bump up their own own, – 
perspective or their own network is probably yep. a selfish endeavor and doesn't do right by the NFL player. So uh, the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund, uh, if you have a moment, go check it out. Or also Original Tees, I think, is doing something where they're making JD shirts. Uh, it's a bear symbol with JD on it. All 100% proceeds go to his son. Um, yeah, Corey, man, thanks for taking the time to talk to me about that. I know that you yeah. that you knew him, and um, it's just a significant loss, and it's just very sad. Yep, exactly, man. So you got to enjoy it. We got to enjoy every day, right? Don't take anything for granted. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And um, this is going to conclude the episode of Believe in Bears, uh, presented to you by BetOnline.ag. Promo code fifty percent welcome bonus when you use that promo code Believe fifty B L E A V five zero. Lightbox Jewelry also a sponsor that we're very grateful to have on us right now through the season. And uh, yeah, Corey, man, uh, end of the year. Happy New Year to you, man, uh, to you and yours. I'm glad you got a chance to spend some time with some family. I'm glad uh, you beat your sister in golf last week. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, New Year's. I'm just very grateful to be able to do this yeah. pod with you, man. I love talking with you. And uh, just take us home on another another yeah. great pod, and maybe we'll come back and talk about a Bears victory next week. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Uh, as, as always, man, happy New Year. Um, hope there's m- many more golf rounds in this 2022 for you, right? Br- bring out yeah. the driving stick. That's that's the one that's, that's the one thing I got to improve on, too. I got to get my driving accuracy down. You know, I can't be Bryson DeChambeau sometimes praying. But uh, <laughs> I look I look forward to a great 2022, uh, not only for, for ourselves, but the Bears as well. You know, I'm looking forward to a different regime taking over. Um, hoping we can finish this season strong. Um, Justin Fields getting his confidence. Some of those young playmakers offensively, like we talked about, really um, improving, you know, hitting their marks, you know, a thousand yards for Mooney going over there. Cole Komet, I would like him maybe to get at 700 if he can get at that number and get in the end zone in in the red zone. That'd be huge there. David Montgomery, I think he continues just to elevate his value in there. Khalil Herbert as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Robert Quinn maybe go for a career high in sacks, uh, him to get to the 100 sack club. Um, you know, I think there's the season itself, there's not a lot to play for, but I think a lot of individual people have things to play for. So I'm excited to see that in the next few weeks. Um, as always, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Corey Wooten, C O R E Y W two O's, two T's O N. And hopefully we will get another Bears win. I'm hoping this week against the Giants because they're, they're not that good of a team right now. The quarterback is probably out. So hopefully we can get that dub. And, and like you always say, bear down as always. That's right, man. Uh, thank you so much for checking this pod. Be well, be safe. And in 2022, whatever it means to you, please just contemplate what it means to be good to each other. Uh, we need that more than ever. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for checking out this pod. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.